I'm Christine Waters, Money Coach. I'm Madeline Irvine, Food Coach. And this is the Healthy Cash Cow, bringing health and wealth together. So, Chris, we're taking a break from episodes just for a quick second. <laughs> we're going to answer a couple of listener questions. Yeah, we got listener questions. Yay. So, do you want to start by answering first question we have? Very good question. Uh, talking about stories when we were talking last episode mm. about how do you know what to change in your story? What should I be aiming for or how do I get there? Or like what is what is the story? What are we talking about when we say your story? So the story is something that is inherited. It's usually inherited from your childhood and it's a deep core belief system that potentially either opens up your doors to success or creates roadblocks. Mm. And when it's creating roadblocks or negative circumstances in your life of being overwhelmed, etc., you know pretty much know that you're on the wrong story and that you need to um, invite some new information, some new quality information in. Yes, just not any information. <laughs> you want it to be quality. Yeah, because you, you actually need to rewrite and create a new belief system mm. to open up new pathways and a road to move forward. How, how would you recognise if you had like a roadblock or a belief system that was kind of holding you up? Um, how would you recognise them or how would you edit the voices? Mm, that's, a really, that's a great question because... Sometimes we just go along in what we know and we mm. never actually look at it. We just sort of poodle along until something actually happens in our life. Generally, some form of crisis, some form of money crisis, health mm. crisis, etc. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's knowing how you feel about money. How does money make you feel? So do you feel out of control or overwhelmed or fearful are you oblivious? Are you overwhelmed? Yeah. Like if you're feeling any of those things or you feel even avoidance is another one. A yeah. lot of people live in avoidance. Ostrich because, head in the yeah. sand. Is that, that's the image we're conjuring right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't talk know. to me about money. Don't yeah. talk to me about... <laughs> I don't want to know. I did a post on that this week. <laughs> I don't want to talk about money. The reality is we all have to be aware the post that I wrote this week was, I don't want to talk about money. And it was about, I don't want to talk about money. I don't understand it. It's not for me. It's not my thing. Like, there's a lot of sentences we use to show us that we're on the wrong story and we need, that we need to pivot. So the first tool, I believe, which you gave me, I was trying to work out my path and a couple of years ago, Madeline said to me, record your story, like record your story from the beginning to the end mm. because I was trying to relate to to people about my money story and why I do what I do but I couldn't quite put to it to words and why I'm doing this and actually recording it and listening to it was very, very powerful because yeah. I was like, oh, wow, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. So you can listen to yourself. So you're then in the third person mm. and you're like, wow, these are, this was my life. So you're listening to your life. Yeah. And, and when you're listening to that in that sort of third person, 
you can hear potentially where your money story is not right. And it is a process. This isn't something that happens overnight. It's a process. Yeah. But if you engage in it, you'll move forward even if it's slowly. When you record yourself, you may have a really traumatic story and if it brings up stuff, you do need to be dealing with a professional. Mm. Like it could bring up stuff. So I just thought of that then. So just be aware that if you're not ready or if it's too much, you, that is where money coaches and things like that come in for all the basic stuff and mm. helping you. But if you've got really deep-seated stuff when you start talking about your story, you've got to deal with that stuff too because all of that stuff will be hampering your future. Mm. And you know what? Dealing with it is hard but being stuck in the same spot is harder ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> so just deal with it. We've got to deal with our crap. That's just life. If we don't, it'll eventually deal with us. Yeah. We've got another part of that question, which is what should I be aiming for? Yes. How do I get there? New information. Mm. <laughs> so we need to be replacing our old story with the correct new information. And we are in the information age, so there's a lot of information out there. You've got mm. to be a bit careful. You've got to filter. Mm. But be intentional to the voices that you tune into. All you need is someone who's further a bigger ahead. thinker than you, yeah. a little bit further ahead, enough, yeah. enough steps ahead in front that they have more wisdom to share than you currently have yes um, that you can glean from you know more yeah. knowledge in an area than you have not necessarily the most knowledge in the whole entire universe because if you read um, Richard Branson's book it's like well he's like way there yeah you can glean from that but sometimes you need people who are a bit closer to you to make it feel more real I suppose yeah. that I could get there. That person's, yeah. That person's saved money, or that per, you know, keep it small to begin with. Keep it simple. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and th I guess that's um, where we can talk about, you know, we're like, well, who is that person? Am I? We, we mm. don't all have those resources in our own world, which is why you mm. would then look at, well, maybe I see a money coach. Yeah. Um, for a specific reason, because. There's no one in my world I can glean from. Mm. So that's, I think. And even even we've got books. Mm. I can, I've, I'm actually putting a list of my top tens. I've got a list, but I'm putting, I've read a couple more since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may have pipped a couple out. But I'm, there's books, there's podcasts, there's YouTube. You follow your gut as well. There are also sharks out there, so you've got to be a bit careful mm. online who you're following. But it is... It's very powerful, the people you let speak into your life. Yeah. Like, and I guess like if it's, you know, if it comes to you're looking at investing, investing money, mm. you want to speak to someone who specifically does that. And that who doesn't have you. a fear story. Yeah. Like I knew this person who remains nameless because I haven't got the permission to discuss <laughs> it. <laughs> but I knew them very close and they were buying a couple of investment properties. So that was, say, 15, 16 years ago. And they had another person in their life who they were super close to who did not understand property investing. They didn't understand the dynamics. They didn't understand that markets go up and down. They, they understood nothing. But that person was quite powerful in their life and kept speaking to them like, yeah, oh, this isn't going to work. You've got to sell it. It's costing you money and la, 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 la. 
And because this person was fairly close to us, we even said to them, we will chip in so you don't sell off properties. Because mm. I think um, they had two or three. They ended up listening to the wrong person mm. and panic sold the properties in a down market. They didn't lose money, but they panic sold. The properties now have doubled, more than doubled. Mm. And in their retirement, instead of sitting with a pension, they would have $1.5 million in their bank account if they didn't sell those properties. And they sold yeah. them now. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. And we were like, no, don't sell. Stop listening to that person. Funnily enough, two years later or three years later, after um, she sold the she sold the properties the other person started learning about property investing and sort of hit herself on the head I was like oh no I gave her such bad advice and we're like oh (laughs) so the trick is to let someone guide you who's walked the path successfully yes uh not someone who hasn't walked it at all yes so then in light of these new voices where do we go from there once we start yeah, this is a hard one because it's begin to dream. Mm. Now, this is tricky because when you're stuck in struggle and survival mode, it's very, very hard to think ahead and mm. to dream. Mm. And that is the lack of dream and purpose and vision is what gets people into that overwhelmed, stuck mode. And they get like stuck in a box. Um, Do you think their ability to dream and visualise... Um, if it creates that sense of hope? Absolutely, because whilst you're not dreaming and visualising, you have nowhere to go. Mm. Every, it starts in the head. It starts in the mind, the, the can do, I can do this. And it's very hard to dream, though, when you're stuck. So it is a case of sometimes it takes a bit of self-discipline. Yeah. Um, to get your imagination working down. It's a little bit of a muscle. Yeah. That once you've, when you're in that totally overwhelmed mode of I'm stuck, I can't do it, I've got no money, I'm I'm overweight, I'm unfit, um, you know, you sit there, whichever place you're at, you're sitting there, it's really quite hard to get from A to B. That's, I guess that's why I suppose we're doing this, is to help you and us, keeps us accountable too. But the dreaming is so important. The dream, yeah. And I'm not talking about goals and setting your goals out with a date. They say dream is a goal without a date. That's right. That's what we want. <laughs> we don't want goals and dates because if you're at the stage of unpacking your story and it's a really negative story, we just want to create a new dream, a new mm. vision, a new, and then we can go, okay, how do we turn this into goals? Is it possible? Have I'm saying in the first part, dream big, like just dream, just let it, you know, let your mind wander, mm. get the muscle working again, get the brain box starting to go, oh, I can think outside of this little box of comfort zone I've put myself into. Yeah. Don't be afraid of this step. And I think, um, I mean, Gandhi would like to weigh in at this point, obviously, <laughs> as a Ooh. special guest. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Gandhi. And welcome. I guess seeing the process to understand why dreaming is important. Mm. So your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, 
your habits become your values and your value, values become your destiny. Yeah. So you have to start, it's it's starting within yourself. Yeah. And it ends on the outside of yourself. Yeah, But you absolutely. have to start with the inside part. And that's, this is this step here is probably the, um, one of the most profound, important and hardest if you're, in, stuck in that place yep. of of overwhelm and which most people get to that place before they look at money so it's it's a slow burn mm. but we need to do it and the dream is part of the process dream and I'm not talking about foofy new age stuff I'm not really into all the new age stuff like because I believe there's a place there's a place for that like sorry people who are fully into it I used to be but there is a place for that, but the reality is it starts in the mind. Please don't be afraid of this step. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. So in our next episode, we're going to be talking about budgets and I'll show you a budgeting idea that will actually get your mind thinking bigger and dreaming. Yeah, It's going to be a bit, it, it feels a bit way out when you're doing it, but we'll, I'll cover the reasons why it's important to actually throw that little little process into your budgeting. Yep. And people are scared to think think people are scared to think outside of survival mode. Mm. So just start with baby steps. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll talk about um, plans. Yeah. So plans for food, plans for money, why they're important, how to do it. Now, we have one more question, Madeline, for you. Yes. And the question is, how many grams of sugar should you accept? <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the box. So how do so you know? Cereal boxes. Yeah, you've got, yeah. you've got your cereal box or your packets of muesli bars or whatever. Yeah. How do you know what's an acceptable mm. sugar amount? Yeah, so I'm going to answer that question twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my first answer, practically, so I mean, it's a good question because it's like, yeah, mm. what? Where's where's the threshold? Um, so you can Google turning grams into teaspoons because I find grams are a little bit like meh. Oh, but that's what, a good once idea. You, once yeah. you go teaspoons, yeah. we know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So then, so I look at a 650 gram box of cereal mm -hmm. that you're ready <laughs> do we want to know remain really? nameless <laughs> um and i would say um if i gave it to my kids i'd get about five bowls out of it so so let's say you, you can work out um just do the maths on um how many grams per bowl so there's when i looked at the box total I don't ever bother looking at the serving sizes. Yeah. Because nah. someone who eats like a sparrow. <laughs> the serving sizes does it by are serving shocking. Sizes, yeah. So I just looked at the, <laughs> the entire box. So there was 200 grams of sugar in the 650 gram box. Oh my gosh. That's 48 teaspoons. Oh so if I, if I divide that into six bowls, because kids don't eat by servings. No. Um, and they usually fill the bowl really high because cereals aren't filling there's nothing in it that's filling there's no protein there's no um complex carbohydrates it's all processed it's like eating um feathers <laughs> actually feathers would most probably be more filling <laughs> um so so you'd have bigger portions so mm. 
if if you worked it out, six bowls based mm. on that, um, that's eight teaspoons of sugar <gasps> per bowl. So if oh, you want to work out, my gosh. you know, is this an acceptable amount, you would practically work it out that way. And then you can ask yourself, is it acceptable to have eight teaspoons of sugar <laughs> for breakfast? For breakfast. With my, and if you're an adult... You'll have your eight teaspoons and then maybe one or two teaspoons in your cup of tea. Yeah, so you go, that's not even going to be the, the whole amount of sugar you have for the day. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. So, that is a lot of sugar. And so, that's that's a commonly used cereal mm. that's classed as breakfast, healthy breakfast. Well, breakfast. <laughs> so, so that's my first answer. So mm. then I'm going to answer it again. <laughs> Ooh. So... So how many grams of sugar is okay in a box of cereal? So I would almost say um, we need to change the question yeah. and then I'll answer the changed question. So so this is more looking at, you know, what we were speaking about before in terms of story. Mm. What is your story? It's an inherited deep core belief system. Yeah. So I'm answering this question now on that level on in terms of, is this amount of sugar okay for a breakfast cereal? So there's an inherited deep core belief system that cereal is appropriate for breakfast. Where I would say, no, <laughs> it's not. It's not, not in a judgmental way. No. Um, and it's, do you know what I mean? It's kind of mm. like, there's no, guilt is such a waste of time. Judgment mm. is a waste of time. It's yeah. just that more information. So the question would be, should sugar be breakfast at all? Mm. Um, do I believe cereal is the best nutritionally sound way to kickstart my metabolism, my hormones, brain function, immune system, etc.? <laughs> is cereal the best option to to mm. help all of those functions that I need to be purring to keep me upright mm. living life? Because when you put it like that, so I'm going to kickstart my day with well, eight, eight teaspoons of sugar. Eight teaspoons of sugar which is going to trigger off my metabolism, my hormones are going to get imbalanced, my brain is going to die yep. and my immune system is going to work overtime. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so um, practically speaking, I, I, which I think I've said is if sugar, this is a more generic way of looking at it yep. without having to get your calculator out. If sugar is in the top three ingredients, there's too much sugar. Goodbye. So then without having to measure, we already know the bones of that food product is sugar. Mm. And then we just need to come to terms with the fact that sugar is not acceptable bones mm. for a meal to be built on. Um, so then we just start exploring what would do a better job. Yeah. Which is that, you know, slowly pushing the steam train, it, it can be a bit of a hard slog. You're, you're looking at gaining information you didn't have before. You're, you're looking at buying different foods than you may have bought before. It's all a bit new. It can mm. all feel a bit hard, but um, it's all worth it in yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, so, so then you might be asking questions like, I need breakfast to be quick. So then we're looking at breakfast solutions that are low maintenance and quick. So, so you start refining the questions you're asking and the problems you're trying to solve. And you can look at it from that way. So you might go, I can spend half an hour a week making protein balls. I can just grab one. Yeah, It's a better start perhaps. Or I can prep a smoothie the night before and then I just shove it on the, the 
whizzer thing. <laughs> and then it's good to go. In two minutes, I have a much better performing breakfast. Mm. Um, or oats, you know, it's literally minutes in the microwave. You throw on some nuts or some mm. defrosted frozen berries, and that's going to do a better job. So you can you can look at, okay, my biggest roadblock is time. Yeah. So then you're looking for solutions that are quick. And you know? yeah, yeah, and you're looking at maybe something isn't best, but mm. it's better. Yeah. So I may not go from eight <laughs> t- teaspoons of sugar for breakfast yeah. to zero, mm. but I can get better. I can get there. There yeah. are better options. If I I did a thing once speaking because it, it does all start in the morning. And I did this thing, oh, my gosh, it was from Money Saving Mum. Mm. And she did a thing called Make Over Your Mornings. Yeah. And it started the night before. Yes. Prepare your morning the night before. Yeah. And I loved it. And when I did it, it was really good. I might mm. need to redo it. But, <laughs> but that would go for lunch and dinner as well, wouldn't it? It's preparation and planning. Yeah, which is what we will speak about very soon in episode actual episode yes episode number three so this is our dive in thank you lisa for the questions they were so good that we thought you know what let's just nut these out yeah i'm sure other people have asked the same question thank you so much for your support so far as well everybody Mm. it's been awesome we're really surprised actually so the healthy cash cow the healthy cash cow Head to christinemwaters.com or madfoodstore.com to check out the blogs based on today's podcast if you want to dive a little deeper. Or you can click on the links for the blogs in the podcast notes and you can also find us at the Healthy Cash Cow Facebook group. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. The Healthy Cash Cow.